Good morning. Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, come to church, take our worship into our heart, and love the Lord. Thank you, Ellen, and good morning. Let us start this service well by reminding ourselves of a few things. That it is not we who chose Christ, but Christ who chose us. That we are not here because of our goodness, but because of Christ's grace. That we are not here to enlighten ourselves, but to allow Christ to enlighten us. That we have not come to be entertained, but to worship God with heart, soul, mind, and strength. Let us worship. Our hymn is hymn number 698, For the Healing of the Nations. 698, if you are able, please stand and join and sing. the children to come forward for a lesson on the steps. How are you guys today? Well, I brought a friend with me today. 
Do, does anybody know who Callan is holding on to? It's an elephant, I know that, but does the elephant have a name? Have you ever seen him before? His name is Horton. His name is Horton, that's right. And here is Horton on my book. You see Horton? Well, Horton is an elephant, isn't he? Well, my book here tells me a story about Horton. One day, Horton, can you hold him up so everybody can see him? Was taking a swim. And he heard this little noise saying, help me, help me, help me. Well, Horton, because he has big ears, he heard this little voice, but nobody else did. So Horton listened again and he said, help me, help me, help me. And all of a sudden he saw this tiny, 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 tiny little speck of dust and there was a person on that dust. And he told Horton he needed help because they were gonna drown in the water if they didn't get help. So here is Horton with his speck of dust. You see, you can't see today, I know you can't, but there he is right there. You see him, that little speck of dust? Well, everybody in the woods, in the forest with Horton, thought he was silly and crazy. They laughed at him. And all, that's not nice, is it? And they, they just couldn't figure out Horton. Horton just kept on traveling and kept on traveling with his little speck of dust. Through all the laughing, he helped this little speck of dust get to where they needed to belong. And when he did, there was a huge town of little people. They all needed help. And who helped them? Uh, the elephant. The elephant did. Uh, Pastor Key's gonna tell the congregation today a story about a man who was lying in the road and people kept walking by him until one person helped him. And he, he was called a Samaritan. And he helped him just like Horton helped a little speck of dust. And Horton would say, and what I want you to remember is what the speck of dust kept saying to Horton. A person's a person, no matter how small. So we could say, a friend is a friend, no matter how small. And we can't help a little speck of dust because we don't have big ears. But tomorrow, not tomorrow, because you have a holiday. Tuesday, when you go to school and you see someone who needs your help, be a good Samaritan like Horton and help him, okay? That would be good. Not with it. Let's pray. Can we pray? Hold on to him. Dear Lord, little children, families, a person's a person. We need to remember that. It doesn't matter. We need to reach out. We need to love. We need to care. We are all your children, Lord. Help us to know how to use our gifts to help each other. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
The, um, oh, there we go. Uh, I want to mention a few things before I pray. Next Sunday is a special day where we honor Betsy. I see you sitting there, Betsy. We look forward to that day. I know it'll be a special day for you and your family, and it will be for our church family. 30 years. Um, Betsy's put up with me for a few of those. Um, changing the encounter to the current and, and other things. Um, but uh, come next Sunday, not only in the service will we have recognition of Betsy, but also just a special time next Sunday afternoon in the LEC, I believe. And uh, you could bring a card or a kind expression of thanks uh, to Betsy for her years, but it truly will be a special time for our church and just encourage each of you to be here for that. Also, next Sunday, we should, be, uh, we should have the devotions that many of you have written uh, a devotion for. And those should be available next Sunday and to hand those out. And then the following Wednesday, not this Wednesday, but a week from Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. We will not have our normal 11 a.m. time here, but the community uh, area churches are invited to come over to the Tucker Student Center in the chapel there at noon for a very special and a very unique service. Uh, for an Ash Wednesday service. And so this is a special way to begin that 40 day of preparations, 40 days of preparation for Easter Sunday. And uh, just encourage you to be a part not only of that service, but also a part of this season in the life of the church, if you will, as we uh, remember uh, the life and the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we have several concerns this morning. Uh, I wish I didn't have to mention specific things on Sundays with a crisis that others are going through, but I found out um, uh, late yesterday that Cy Bridges, this is Daryl and Tammy Bridges' son, was involved in a very bad accident yesterday. He is currently at uh, CMC Maine undergoing surgery as we speak. Uh, his legs, and it's just a, it was a tragic accident. He is lucky to be alive, but he, uh, he collided with someone head on. And um, just, we, we need to remember Cy at this time. And again, the son of Tammy and Daryl Bridges. Also the family of Ann Lancaster. Ann went home to be with the Lord yesterday morning. And I've had a time to visit with her and Nancy uh, on Friday morning. Uh, she was under hospice care at the time at the hospital. And I think she may have passed at Wendover, I'm not sure. But uh, be in uh, contact with the church or we'll communicate with you as soon as we are aware of services for Ann Lancaster. She was so faithful here with handbells and with music, with other things, and she will be dearly missed. But be in prayer for Nancy and Kitty Hoyle and other family uh, in the passing of Ann. Continue to remember Wesley Smith's dad. Some of you may know about this, some of you may not, but he had severe clots in his lungs and other places and had to have surgery, they were so bad. They didn't want to try to wait for the blood thinners to work. But he is uh, really, he's still in ICU in Charlotte. And this, again, this is Wesley Smith's dad. So be remembering him. Klein Hamrick, uh, he is at home just entering into a new season, a new phase of his uh, diagnosis. But let's remember Klein. And there are many this morning who are sick. As you noticed in your bulletin, or many here in our church family who are sick. As you noticed in your bulletin, it, we were supposed to begin with a, a different song this morning. Uh, but some of the members of that group are sick. I stand before you with a sinus infection and other things from the Minute Clinic yesterday, and I've already told the choir that if for some reason I just really start feeling bad, I'm gonna, they need to stay with me today because I'm going to turn around I'm going to tag someone, and whoever I tag is it, and they have to come up and finish the sermon. So um, I'm not going to call on Tim Lancaster, though. He's, he's, he's feeling kind of rough this morning. But, um, but anyway, we are so glad that you're here, and uh, part of church is the fact that we go through life together. As I said last week, let's, let's continue to remember the Humphreys as well um, in the passing of Jonathan. But, you know, we, we celebrate together, we grieve together, we go through uh, different seasons of life together, and um, that is what we are to be about as God's people as we continue to worship him and grow in our relationships with him and with one another. 
Let's go to the Lord now in prayer. God, amid all the different things that are going on in our lives and the lives of those to whom we love and care for, we come to you at this hour, putting our full attention on you. We lift up these who are struggling at this hour, Father, those that are just going through crisis, those that are going through different seasons of life at this time. Father, help us, as the story of the Good Samaritan will teach us today, to have compassion when others are down, when others feel beaten, when others feel left alone. Father, help us to come alongside of those to whom we love, to whom you love. Lord, to lift them up, to encourage them, to go the extra mile, to do what you have spoken to us and led us to do, to show acts of compassion and love to them. We pray for Klein. We pray for uh, Wesley Smith's dad. We pray for the family of Ann Lancaster as they grieve. For Cy Bridges as he's in surgery at this hour, we do pray for wisdom and knowledge on behalf of the doctors. And Lord, help him to receive the help that he needs. For those that are sick and struggling this morning, we do pray for your healing touch. God, renew us with your power. Renew us with your strength. Father, that when we leave today, may we say it's good to have been in the house of the Lord. Father, I know that there are concerns in this place today that go beyond the physical concern, go beyond a sickness that may go down to relationships with a family member, relationships with a coworker that are just simply, something's there that's not settled right now. And so, Lord, I pray for wisdom, for direction today for those who seek it, for healing for those who come, Father, needing that, whether physically or emotionally. God, speak to us in ways that we need to be spoken to. Challenge us in ways that we need to be challenged. Move us that when we leave this place, God, we'll have the desire to pursue a stronger relationship with you. Reveal to us how great your love is for us. And Father, as we begin to understand that and comprehend that, may we begin to live lives that look different than the life that we lived last week. God, forgive us for when we fail you. Lead us into a closer relationship with you. Bless each one here today. Encourage us again and challenge us, Lord. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Our hymn is number 662, The Mission God Has Given, 662. If you are able, please stand and join in singing.
with me. <clears throat> Lord, we come as your children for many reasons today. We come mostly to hear your word, to worship, to have fellowship one with the other. We come as a family. We come from different homes with different names. But we come as a family because we are the family of God. And we uh, claim that promise for each of us today. And then we come to give back to you a portion of what you have so bountifully blessed us with. Help us to look at our resources, look at our lives, and give back to you what you would have us to give. And then I pray that you'd bless the giver and the offering. Bless our church, bless the rest of this day. In your name we lift this prayer, amen.
Roger, Cheryl. You know, as we come to worship this morning, as we come to God during the week and whenever we come to God, that's the only way we can come, isn't it? Is just as we are. And what's so amazing about the love and the grace of God is that he takes us in and welcomes us with his wide open arms just as we are in the midst of our brokenness, as the song said, in the midst of our sickness and just simply not feeling like ourselves at times, in the midst of when we've messed up, in the midst when others have hurt us, however we come, may we truly come with sincerity and authenticity and come just as we are. Today's passage I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 10, the Gospel of Luke, verses 25 through 37. A familiar passage to many who have been raised in the church or who have been in the church for some time. I would say this would probably be one of the uh, more popular parables of our Savior. But I would venture to say as well, I, I never assume that everyone in a congregation is familiar with a passage of Scripture. And so I invite you, whether you have heard this hundreds of times or whether you are hearing it today for the first time, to read it, to listen to it being read, and ask how the Lord would have, how, um, how he may want to speak to you today in this passage of Scripture. Uh, listen to things about the location, listen to things about the, the, the events and the characters of the story, and uh, allow God to speak to you as we read. The parable of the Good Samaritan. Luke 10, verse 25. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, what is written in the law and what do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But the lawyer wanted to justify and ask, who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, or his own beast, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you may spend." Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. God, I pray that the reading and the preaching of your word would bring honor and glory to you. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Sweet love No, not just for some But 
I've heard it said before that everyone either has a problem, is a problem, or lives with one. Now don't elbow or look at anybody right now. Um, But every person we meet has a burden, has a problem, or has fears that they struggle with, has some type of hurt in their lives. That's why the greatest need in our world today is people who care about other people. Amen? The world today needs compassionate people. Some people are just naturally more gifted at that. Um, and and don't, you, don't we love those people? We're grateful for those people. Uh, some people we feel like, well, I'm not going to go to them because I don't think they would really care. But I'm grateful at church that we have an environment uh, in most circumstances, most days, where we can find and, and experience the compassion and the care of other people. It's one of the things that Uh, means so much to me as your pastor and so much I think to this congregation is that when someone is in need and we are aware of that need uh, that need has been communicated and I hope that whether it's through a Sunday school class or through the staff or through different means that we can respond in ways that are appropriate in ways that let the person know that we are concerned and that we care about whatever the trouble is that they may be going through. Jesus provided you and I some insight in what compassion looks like in today's story. Think about what's going on in this parable. It sounds the setup for a, like the setup for a good joke, doesn't it? Two priests, you know, and a Samaritan are walking down the road. Um, you know, you're waiting for the punchline. Um, what's strange is that the phrase good Samaritan is an oxymoron. You know, two words that don't go together. To the first century Jew, the word good and Samaritan simply did not mesh well together. It was the equivalent of saying um, small giant or pretty ugly or small crowd, uh, you, we could go on and on, definitely maybe, or alone together. Just words that just, you're, what were they saying exactly? Uh, words that don't go together. Good Samaritan were words that did not fit. And what we in 2020 need to understand is that Jesus used a hated Samaritan as the hero in this story. There it is. There's the punchline, I guess. Jesus used a hated Samaritan as the punchline or as the, he, again, the hero in the story. He was the good Samaritan because he demonstrated the one thing that will bring relief to hurting humanity, compassion. The least likely person in the story to show the compassion was the one who showed it. Looking at the story, we see what separated the Samaritan from the other two who came by. Again, compassion. Many in the room can understand and identify with someone or a group of people that when someone especially is going through cancer treatments, We've often seen this, maybe some of you have done this at times, but if a good friend is going through a cancer treatment, especially if it's a younger individual, his friends will shave their, go ahead and shave their head knowing that their good friend, uh, man or woman, will be losing their hair in the battle. It's a way to identify, it's a way to let the person know we care about you, we care about you so much, we will go ahead and shave our head because we know that your hair is about to fall out and we love you, we care for you. And we've seen that, that demonstrated time and time again. The ones shaving their head are identifying again with the one in need. And if you're taking notes at all this morning, I would say remember this. Identification is the beginning point of compassion. If we don't identify with the one who is going through the pain and going through the struggle, then the connection's not going to be as great. The care is not going to be as meaningful if we don't take time to identify with the one who is going through the troubles. When the first two came by the injured man, they simply passed by on the other side, the scripture tells us. The priest was at the top of the social ladder of the day. 
He was the important person. Maybe um, because of his importance, he refused to help the man who had been beaten and left for dead. As the priest, as the one who had privileges to, to go and to assist and to lead in the temple the way he did, if he had been in contact with a dead body, this man looked to be almost dead. He, maybe he was dying, maybe he was still dead, or maybe he had just died. The priest didn't know. And so if the priest had involved himself in, in caring for this man in some way and touching him in some way, then he could not perform his duties. And so the priest saw the man and passed on by, as the scripture tells us. The Levite who was like a junior priest, did the same. He had some religious duties and carried some clout, but he was lower on the social ladder than the priest. But yet he, just like the priest, walked by and did nothing. But the Samaritan, the Samaritan, the bottom of the social ladder, spurned by the Jews. A Samaritan, again, is a descendant of unlawful intermarriages between the Jews and the Gentiles. And the one least likely to help the wounded, beaten man that had been left for dead was the very one who helped him. The Samaritan could identify with being kicked around. He could identify with being on, on the lower rung of the social ladder, being considered a nuisance and a burden. The Samaritan knew a little bit of what that's like, and he could identify with the man who had fallen on hard times and had been beaten. Only the Samaritan identified with the broken and the hurting man. It wasn't the priest. It wasn't the Levite but it was the Samaritan. Jesus described his response in verse 33 of our passage today when he said, when he saw him, he was moved with pity. This is where compassion begins, identifying with the hurting and broken. Are there people that are in a class, your Sunday school class, or people, a coworker, people in your family that need someone to identify with them amid the pain and amid the struggle that they're going through? When we come to the place where we can identify with the hurting, we're taking the first steps towards showing others compassion. Compassion begins when we realize we are all together in our sinfulness, our brokenness, in our need. We all, I love what Diane said in her prayer, we come here as families with different names. Thank you for that reminder, Diane. But we all stand in need of God's compassion. We all stand in need of others' compassion this morning, despite our family name. That is something um, that we can all relate to. Not only does compassion begin with identification, but compassion also leads us to feel what others feel. We all know we cannot often fix others' heartbreak, but we can sit down with them and cry alongside them. In our English word for compassion, we have a Latin root that means to suffer with. And to have compassion means to feel with those who are broken and those who are hurting. I read a story this week of a mom who sent her young girl to the grocery store to get something, and obviously the story must have been from decades ago because most moms today wouldn't send a young girl to the grocery store to get something. But she was late in coming home, and she asked the little girl, her daughter, what had happened. Why was she so late? And she said, well, mom, there was another girl who had her doll, and she fell, and she got hurt, and she broke, she, her doll fell, and her doll broke. And the mom said, well, what did you do? And the little girl said, well, I just sit and cried with her. You know, we all need someone that can feel what we're going through. How, how often can we remember times, significant times in our lives where we're going through something so difficult? Not only did someone identify with us, but someone felt the pain and the heartache that we were going through. And that's a little example of a kid, but yet, and it may be that, that that's the case for you. Maybe you watch children during the day, a grandparent or 
if you're a mom and dad or you stay home with your children. And so at times we need to identify with the pain and with the hurt that one is going through, whether a young child or a coworker, again, a family member, and how often, you know, and, and do we take the time not only to identify, but to feel what the others are going through. And the last truth, our identifying with the need and feeling for them should lead us and should result in action. The Good Samaritan came by and identified with the man. He, he knows what it's like to feel left alone. He, know, he knew what it was like to feel beaten, uh, beaten down and ignored. And he felt compassion for the one who he found along the road. But he didn't, it didn't stop there. The priest and the Levite may have felt a little bit of compassion, but they didn't do anything. But the Samaritan stopped and attended to his, to his needs. Churches are aware of needs within communities. We investigate, we do studies, we lead discussions, meetings are held, and unfortunately, when all is said and done, and many of you have said this before, there is often more said than done. I am grateful for the ways that Bowling Springs Baptist reaches out, not only to our own church family, but to the needs within our community. But I think as we move forward in 2020, we need to ask ourselves, how can we do this in greater ways? What are, greater, what, what are the things that we can do that can help us to identify more with the hurting and those who are needy, both within our church family and within our larger community of Boiling Springs and Shelby? What are ways that we can identify? What are ways that we can come alongside and cry with others and feel with others? And then what might God be leading us to do to act on those to whom we find in that situation? Compassion demands that we move from the passive to the active. We can do this individually. You don't have to wait for the church to come up with a new campaign or a new ministry or a new organized way of reaching this group. These are things that you can do day in and day out with those to whom you work with and to all to whom you relate. But yet we can also do this as a church. We can ask ourselves, how can we organize? How can we uh, better reach as a group collectively and corporately? How can we meet the needs and respond with action to those who are in need? Notice the action verbs that permeate the scripture passage. I jotted these down. The Samaritan came to the beaten man. He poured oil and wine on his wounds. He bandaged them. He put them on his beast. He took them to the inn. He made arrangements for the care of the man. Jesus condemned the priest and the Levite, not just because they didn't identify or feel for the man, but primarily because they did nothing. They left the broken man on the side of the road to die. When we live out compassion, it leads us to act. When we are compassionate for others, it leads us to act. It may be in small ways. It may be with a phone call. It may be with a card. My dad, and thank you to those of you who in the care ministry have sent my dad a card. Uh, he consistently receives those from the care ministry and is grateful for that. Someone dropped off a care package today for me to take to my dad as I see him tomorrow as he's in rehab. And so those small acts of compassion mean a lot. But compassion leads us to act. It's something that we do. It doesn't have to be spectacular. It doesn't have to be expensive, but often a willingness to see someone through a difficult time, to see someone through pain. When we are allowing our identification and our feelings for the broken to lead us into action on their behalf, then we are demonstrating Christian compassion. We are showing someone not only that we care, but God cares. All around us are people who are hurting, who are lonely, some who are guilty, some who have been caught in an act, some who uh, have been rejected, some who feel depressed, some who are afraid. We could go on and on. But Jesus' story is a reminder that these are the people we are to love. 
What the world needs now is love, sweet love. So why is compassion important? Why should we show God's love to the hurting? It is through acts of compassion, both within the church and outside the church, that others see the love of God in tangible ways. Our compassionate actions serve as a window to the world that experiences God's love through you and through me. I want you to encourage you to think about that. What has been a recent time in your life where someone from the church family, someone who's a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, has reached out to you and showed you compassion? And what was your response to that? Not only are you appreciative of that, but you feel their love, you feel God's love, but my hope would be is that you would also share that same act of compassion with others when they may be going through difficult times as well. Moving from the Gospel of Luke to the Gospel of John in chapter 4, verse 11 of 1 John, he says, he writes these words, Since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. Just as the incarnation of Jesus reveals God to the world, the incarnation of God's love in us reveals God to the world. How are you revealing compassion to a world that is in desperate need of God's love? I love the devotional I shared this months ago, um, this story by the devotional by Thomas A. Kempis, and the imitation of Christ is the title of the devotional. And in it, he says something deeply profound regarding love. He says these words, what good does it do to speak learnedly about the Trinity if lacking humility, you displease the Trinity? Indeed, it is not learning that makes a man holy and just, but a virtuous life makes him pleasing to God. I would rather feel contrition than know how to define it. For what would it profit us to know the whole Bible by heart and the principles of all the philosophers if we live without the love and the grace of God? Vanity of vanities, all is vanity, except to love God and to serve him alone. The invitation is twofold this morning. Number one is if you stand in need of compassion this morning, if you stand in need of, of hearing, if you stand in need of the Good Samaritan, as, as the Good Samaritan in many ways represents Christ in this parable, if you stand in need of his compassion this morning, he's standing with arms open wide, ready for you to, to come into his arms. He's ready, he's wanting to talk with you, he's wanting to have fellowship with you amid your troubles and amid your trials, amid the suffering whether it's physical or whatever it may be. But also, have you responded to the love and the grace of God? Not only have you responded, but let me ask you this. How might God be calling you today and urging you to express compassion to those in your circle this week who need that? Whether it's family, whether it's friends, a coworker, a neighbor. How might those small acts and expressions of kindness go a long, long way in showing others the love of God. The love that we have been extended through the, uh, Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection, he calls us to show that love to others through our actions, whether small or great. And so first of all, number one this morning, are you in need of that compassion? And then number two, who might God be calling you to this morning to show his compassion and love to others? Let's pray together. God, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the ways that we show others compassion. We show others love. And Lord, I ask that you would challenge us today to show that love to others. But Lord, if we are the, if we are the recipients or need to be the recipients of your compassion today, Lord, help us to be open 
to receive that. Help us to hear your still small voice that says you are with us, that you will care for us, much like the Samaritan cared for this one who was beaten and left for dead by the roadside. That God, let us hear your voice through that of others who are showing care and concern. Lord, forgive us as we think about showing compassion, we think about the times where we've missed the mark and times where it has not been demonstrated through our own lives and through our own words. And so Lord, for those, we ask your forgiveness. Challenge us and move us today to be the people that you called us to be. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'd love to talk with you about that more than anything. Today can be the day that things start new and fresh for you and the day that your life changes forever. If you're in need of forgiveness, maybe it's something else that uh, the Lord has spoken to you about this morning. You can pray where you are. The altar is open. The kneeling benches are here. Um, If you desire church membership here at Bowling Springs Baptist, I would welcome that conversation with you this morning. Let's stand and sing together, God of the Fertile Fields, hymn number 668. always just want to encourage you to speak to some others that you haven't spoken to before you leave today and ask uh, hopefully we can all ask ourselves how would God have us to show compassion as we go about and go back to our day-to-day lives as we leave this place today it's good to see you here this morning and uh, we do have study this afternoon at 5 and uh, we encourage you to be here we have Bible study each week at 11 a.m. here in our the Kerygma room back near the offices and would welcome you to be a part of that Let's close. Anybody have anything to say? Announcements or anything needs to be communicated? Again, be here next Sunday. It'll be a special day.
as we honor and celebrate Betsy and her time with us. And we look forward to that, that time very much. Let's close in prayer. God, we thank you for your great love for us. As we leave this place, we are aware that we live in a world where others need to experience, hear, and know that great love. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.